You're listening to CHUOFM broadcasting from the University of Ottawa at 89.1 FM. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of In Transition. My name is Randy McElligot. This afternoon, we're going to be featuring jazz guitarists. And we're going to start off with um, one of the greatest of the current crop of guitarists on the scene today, Pat Metheny, born in Lee's Summit, Missouri, August the 12th, 1954. Pat originally started off playing French horn, but by the time he was 13 years old, he decided to... Uh, uh, stake his claim on the guitar and at first he was heavily influenced by uh, West Montgomery but he soon began to find his own personal style and he was inspired by uh, the example of two local Kansas City musicians trumpeter uh, Gary Civils and drummer Tommy Ruskin Now he developed with amazing precocity and while still in his teens he was teaching at both the University of Miami and Boston's prestigious Berkeley School of Music when he was only 19, he joined uh, Gary Burton's band, and that lasted till uh, 1977. Now, like Weather Report, he achieved this without it in any way diluting his art or playing down to the public. And Pat Metheny is still on the scene and still making great music. And we're going to listen to an album that he recorded a few years ago, the title track to We Live There.
That was music from Pat Metheny from his album, We Live Here, and we just heard the title track. Well, up next is uh, one of my favorite guitarists, Jimmy Rainey. Jimmy was born in Louisville, Kentucky on August the 20th, 1927, and he passed away on May the 10th, 1995. Now, Rainey is one of the few guitarists on whom the inspiration of bebop left a positive effect. He's not only uh, extremely fluent, but melodically lyrical as well. Now, over his career, Jimmy played with the likes of uh, Woody Herman, Al Haig, Buddy DeFranco, Artie Shaw, Terry Gibbs, and also for a little while with uh, Stan Getz. And he also replaced uh, Tal Farlow in the Red Norvo trio during the mid-1950s. Well, here's something from Jimmy's album entitled A, and this one's called Minor. Thank you. 
music from Charlie Bird, Limehouse Blues, and that was taken from Charlie's album Latin Bird. And before that, we heard some music from Jimmy Rainey from his album A, and we heard Minor. You're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM, coming to you live from the Media Skywalk at the University of Ottawa, serving the Ottawa Hall area and surroundings at 89.1. And we're also streaming live on the internet at www.chuo.fm. 
One of the most influential guitarists of the past 30-odd years has to be John McLaughlin. Coming out of Miles Davis' uh, Bitches Brew sessions made him uh, an overnight star and later forming bands such as Mahavishnu Orchestra and forming his own groups, including Shakti, which uh, appeared later on in the 1980s. John McLaughlin has been a force to reckon with. A few years ago, he recorded uh, a tribute to pianist Bill Evans, and I'd like to play for you something from that album entitled Time Remembered. This is the beautiful homage.
greatest guitarist to come out of Belgium. That was René Thomas, and we heard MTC, and that was from his album Guitar Groove. And before that, John McLaughlin from his album Time Remembered, and we heard Homage. We're going to go to New York now and listen to uh, one of the hottest guitarists on the New York jazz scene, and he's recorded many, many albums and is heavily influenced by guitarist Barney Kessel. I'm speaking of Mark Elf. Mark released an album entitled Swingin', and we're going to hear Hovlane. Thank you. 
That was music from Frank Vignola from his album Appel Direct, and we heard the Raja. And before that, we heard Howard Alden from his album Mysterioso and Reflections in D. And we started off with New York guitarist Mark Elf from his album Swingin' and Hovlane. You're listening to In Transition. My name is Randy McElligot, and this afternoon on the show, we're featuring jazz guitarists and possibly one of the greatest jazz guitarists. There were certainly many, but one of the few that uh, rose to the top was Joe Pass. Joe Pass was born uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, January the 13th, 1929, and he passed away May 23rd, 1994. He started off playing with Tony Pastor and even uh, Charlie Barnett way back in 1947. He was in the Navy for a while, and then he was busted on narcotics charges and ended up in rehab homes and prison and all kinds of places along the way. But uh, along the way, he toured with George Shearing in 1967 and with Benny Goodman in 1973. Now, on the recommendation of Oscar Peterson, this led to international touring under Peterson's manager, Norman Grants, and often with Peterson and Ella Fitzgerald. He also made albums with uh, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Dizzy Gillespie, and Milt Jackson. Now, possibly one of the greatest things that Joe Pass could bring to the guitar is the fact that he learned to simulate a bass line counterpointing his simultaneous chords and melodic lines and to swing as if he were an entire group. Now, in this respect, and in, as in most others, uh, few guitarists could surpass Joe uh, Joe uh, frequently worked without a bassist and a drummer, and we're going to listen to uh, a little bit of Joe Pass right now. And this is from his album uh, Blues Do's and the Toot Steelman's composition Bluesette. <laughs> Thank you. 
What a nice sound that Howard Roberts had on his guitar. That was the real Howard Roberts. And we heard Lady Wants to Know. And before that, a guitarist that's not very well known, but uh, some nice uh, strumming along the way, Manti Ellis from his album In His Own Sweet Way. And we heard Train Step. And that was a tribute to John Coltrane. We started off with Joe Pass from a live recording entitled Blues Do's and uh, his version of Bluesette. And that was one of the most requested numbers when uh, Joe Pass went out to play. Uh, Bluesette was always a, a crowd favorite for sure. Well, when the, uh, when the lineup was announced for the Ottawa Jazz Festival this summer, I was just stunned when I heard that Pat Martino was going to be at the festival. If you have a chance to go and see him, I highly, highly recommend him. Pat Martino was uh, born in Philadelphia August the 25th, 1944. He took up guitar at the age of 11. He was encouraged by his father, a singer, and a guitarist who had taken lessons with the great Eddie Lang. Now, by the time he was 15, he was a pro, playing with R&B bands before graduating to the organ-led combos of Don Patterson, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy McGriff, uh, Jack McDuff, and even Richard Groove Holmes. Now, this was a great uh, training ground for many jazz guitarists, and to groups led by Sonny Stitt and John Handy, Pat Martino contributed quite a bit. Now, he plays with a thick plectrum on uh, heavy-gauge strings. Now, this contributes to his robust, round sound, and the influence of guitarist uh, Johnny Smith is evident in his precise technique and excellent articulation, and in, also in his ability to improvise long, involved lines at any tempo and with unerring drive and swing. Now, Wes Montgomery, with whom he often jammed, also left a mark on his style. And after several critically acclaimed albums as a leader, Martino's career was interrupted in 1980 when he suffered a devastating uh, aneurysm on his brain. His life was saved by a successful operation, but unfortunately he was unable to perform again for several years. Now, if you listen to some of his recent recordings... They illustrate that his musical powers are fully, fully recovered, and he's recorded with a few labels over the years. And we're going to listen to some music from Pat Martino from his album, El Hombre, was recorded many, many years ago. We're going to listen to a track called Cisco, but to get us there, we're going to hear a blistering version of Cottontail from guitarist Dave Stryker. <laughs> Thank you. 
a taste of Pat Martino, who will be appearing this summer at the Ottawa International Jazz Festival. And we just heard 
a composition entitled Cisco, and before that, Ellington's great composition Cottontail, played for us by guitarist Paul Stryker, and on uh, organ, the one and only Joey DeFrancesco. I'm Randy McElligot, and you're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. This afternoon, we're featuring jazz guitarists, and one of my favorite guitarists of uh, many years ago, of a period that uh, both Gordon and I tend to focus on once in a while, and it was an important period in jazz for sure. His name is Tiny Grimes. Tiny was born in Newport News, Virginia, July the 7th, 1916, and he passed away March the 4th, 1989. Now, Tiny Lloyd Grimes started playing four-string guitar in 1937, and as he was quoted as saying, I always tell people I can't afford the other two strings. Also, after several years as a drummer, he was uh, always uh, a self-taught musician, and uh, that applied as well to the guitar. Eight months later, he joined a string group called the Cats and a Fiddle, but soon after, he teamed uh, with Slam Stewart after uh, Stewart's former partner, Slim Gaylord, had gone into the army. Now, the two of them joined Art Tatum to form a legendary trio. Their fantastic interplay and Tatum's occasional stylish singing were, in Frank Driggs' words, the talk of the jazz world. Now, after Tatum, Grimes' bluesy guitar was all over 52nd Street until clubs began closing. But when work slowed, he went to Cleveland and Atlantic City, where he formed an embryonic rock and roll show, The Rocking Highlanders. Now, they played in kilts, which is quite interesting. Grimes continued touring and playing small group residences until a serious illness in 1964. But he recovered in two years to return to New York's clubland, and from 1970, he was back in the swing of jazz festivals and club dates with Earl Hines, among many others. We're going to listen to a recording that he made called Tiny in Swingville, and this is called Dumb Tootin. Thank you. 
music from the great Barney Kessel and something called 64 Bars on Wilshire. We're going to now listen to two guitarists whose first name is George, and the first one is the brother to uh, the great uh, Vaughn Freeman, the sax player George Freeman. We're going to listen to something from his album, All in the Game. And then we're going to go back, way back to 1964 and listen to a very, very young George Benson. He made, made an album back then called The New Boss Guitar, and we're going to hear Just Another Sunday. But before we get to George Benson, here's George Freeman with Guitar Loverman. Thank you. 
from 1964. That was George Benson and a composition called Just Another Sunday. And that was taken from his album, The New Boss Guitar. There are many jazz festivals sweeping across Canada this summer. We have the one in Montreal, of course, the one here in Ottawa and Toronto. But there's also another festival that's been around for 18 years. Actually, there, this is the 18th edition of the Ramouski Festa Jazz International. Now, this festival is taking place between August the 27th and 31st. And some of the people playing at the festival this year include um, jazz bassist uh, Alain Caron, if you have a chance to see him. His monumental work with the group Euseb is uh, certainly an understatement. He'll be appearing at the festival as well as uh, the Lorraine Demeray Trio. The Montreal Jazz Big Band will be appearing as well. And they will be featuring some Afro-Cuban music in their set. Monica Freire is coming and La Shango family and Sadeid. One of the uh, highlights, in fact, I think the highlight of the festival will be an appearance by vocalist Diana Reeves. Now, she'll be appearing at the festival. And I think it's something to uh, check out if you're in Quebec around Rimouski. Towards the end of August, check out the Rimouski Festa Jazz. I'm Randy McElligot, and you're listening to a special edition of In Transition as we feature some of the jazz guitarists past and present. And we're going to listen to um, a Canadian guitarist who's been on the scene for a number of years, Peter Leach. And we're going to listen to something from his album Trio Quartet 91, and this is called All Too Soon. Thank you. 
That was a variation on Autumn Leaves by guitarist Jimmy Bruno from his album Sleight of Hand, and he calls it Lionel's Hat. And before that, Peter Leach from his album Trio Quartet 91, and a beautiful version of All Too Soon. And what I like about Peter's playing is that he has a very nice, rounded, thick sound to his strumming. I think that that adds a lot of depth uh, to the music. A guitarist who recorded for the Concord Jazz label um, a few years ago was George Barnes. He's no longer with us, but what he left, I think, was a, a nice, uh, a nice uh, statement of uh, of his playing. And I'm going to play for you uh, something from one of his Concord releases entitled uh, "George Barnes Plays So Good," and uh, a composition entitled "I'm Coming Virginia."
the always lyrical guitar stylings of Jim Hall and that was taken from his album Ballad Essentials and I Can't Get Started and before that George Barnes from his album Plays So Good and I'm Coming Virginia. One of the other major announcements at this year's Ottawa International Jazz Festival is the appearance of John Schofield. Now if you've never seen John Schofield or heard of his playing I would highly recommend you check him out. I first um, saw John Schofield many years ago when he was part of Miles Davis's band, and he certainly added a lot to uh, the sound that Miles was creating at the time, and this was in the mid-'80s. So uh, we were very lucky to uh, have him grace the stage here at the Ottawa Jazz Festival this summer, and I would highly recommend you uh, get out there and check him out. And uh, it just happens that I'm going to be playing some John Schofield right now with another great guitarist, John Abercrombie. And uh, this is from their album Solar. They do an excellent version of I Should Care.
Well, the man from Texas is still swinging, Herb Ellis, and that was a recording of Seven Come Eleven that was made a number of years ago for the Concord Jazz label. And I can tell you one thing, that when you see him in concert, he's smoking. I remember a few years ago at the Rising Sun in Montreal, uh, I had a chance to see him and Barney Kessel perform live. And I remember after the show, they came over to my table and we discussed music and jazz and touring. And right after that show, which finished around 3 o'clock in the morning, they were on their way over to McGill University to do a clinic at 6.30 in the morning and then play the entire day and do another show that night at the Rising Sun. So this is the kind of love that these musicians have for the music. Herb Ellis, 7 Come 11. John Abercrombie before that, and uh, John Schofield, who will be a featured artist at the Ottawa International Jazz Festival this summer. And we just heard I Should Care, and that's from their album Solar. I'm Randy McElligot, and you're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. Earlier on in the show, I played for you uh, one of the great guitarists to come out of Belgium. Well, now I'm going to play for you the greatest guitarist that not only came out of Belgium, but the greatest jazz guitarist ever in many, many people's minds, the great Django Reinhardt. And this is from an album that he recorded when he was over in America during, I believe it was the late 40s, early 50s, an album called Django Reinhardt with his American Friends, and this is a great version of Bugle Call Rag.
Well, we just heard some music from John Stein out of Boston from his album Green Street, and we heard Culebra. And before that, Lorindo Almeida from Latin Odyssey, we heard Adios. And we started off the last set with the great Belgian guitarist Django Reinhardt with Bugle Call Rag. I'm Randy McElligot. I hope you enjoyed the show this afternoon. This is part one of a special on jazz guitarists. I'll be back next week with some more music. Until then, have a great week. And don't forget, Ozzy's up in about three minutes' time with German news, music, and commentary until 4.30 p.m.